Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Kevin Cassis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global, sporting a little uh, trim, nice little roll neck. Is that roll neck? It is a roll neck, son. It's roll neck season. It's a bit no. of a rascal, actually. I don't know. It's a bit like bought one in navy and cream and then wore the navy one the other day. I think it was a winner. Put this on this morning. Mm. You know, let me know. Tweet me your opinion. Where is it from? Reese. You like a bit of Reese, don't you? I do. Shout out to Reese, you know, um, dressing me since uh, 2009. Um, yeah, so. Nice. <laughs> right. There's a lot. There's a lot that's gone on over the last week or so. Let, let's just kind of start with where you are with Dillian White. So Dillian White will definitely not be fighting on November twenty first. Correct. I think you know whenever you've been training for a fight for that long, and uh, you know you get the disappointment of of it falling out, Dillian. As you can imagine, I mean, you can knowing Dillian like you do, you can imagine that phone call I had to give him um, and the team. And, you know, the, the, the immediate reaction is, I want to fight. You know, I want to fight. Get me the Fury fight. Get me, I'm like, look, Fury ain't going to fight you. Well, why not? Yo, get me. Oh, I want to fight this guy. And it's like, just give yourself the night. Relax. Think. Calm down. So next day they come back and they said, look, do you think there's any way that you can get me the Tyson Fury fight on December 5th? I'm like, no, honestly. Like, I'll put it out there, but he ain't going to fight you. And one of the biggest problems is... You know, we need to get that fight with Povetkin done. He needs to win that fight. You know, I don't think he can get on with his career unless he wins that fight. That's that's all that's in his head. And that fight's now rescheduled for January the 30th. It's only about nine weeks after the original date. So he can't be going in and fighting, I don't know. I mean, we talked about Del Boy and, you know, looked at other opponents and stuff like that. And ultimately, I think the only fight that he would risk the Povetkin fight for is Tyson Fury and a shot at the world heavyweight title. So, there, obviously, there was a little bit of noise about Chisora. Obviously, David Hay was very vocal in the last couple of days, etc. So, how did that end? Like, whose decision was it for that fight not to take place in a couple of weeks? Um... Well, when I had a conversation with Dillian, he just basically said, you know, once he'd calmed down, it was, look, if I can't get uh, Fury, then I don't really want to fight anyone else. I'd just rather wait for Povetkin. This is before David Hay called me. And then David Hay called and said, what about Chisora? And I was like, really? I said, it's like two and a half weeks away. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, he's got no cuts, no bruises. His hands are good. And then I did that uh, Instagram live and Del Boy come on. And, you know, I think... Del Boy would do it. You know, he didn't seem to me like he was, I mean, certainly he's not desperate for the fight, but I spoke to Dillian about it 
briefly and he's like, look, I'm up for looking at that fight. You know, obviously I want to fight for the world heavyweight title after Povetkin. You know, who knows? But the only fight that I want to take is Tyson Fury outside of Alexander Povetkin. And if I can't get that or he won't entertain that, then I'll just wait till January the 30th. So um, I was never... Oh, listen, I love Chisora White 3, but just in those circumstances, I, I'm, I wasn't so sure, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, ultimately, I said to Dylan, you've got nine weeks longer to wait. You know, everyone, in everyone's opinion, it's actually not my opinion, he was taking the fight too quickly. Do you know what I mean? So, listen, may, maybe it's a blessing. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to make any difference to his preparation, but it was taken out of our hands by Alexander Povetkin, getting COVID and, you know, January the 30th will be the new date. How is Povetkin? I haven't spoke. I mean, I don't speak to him anyway, but Vadim Kornilov from World of Boxing, who I, you know, is a very good friend of mine. You, you know, when you get a message and it goes, Eddie, please call me regarding Povetkin. I'm like, oh, fuck. Because actually the day before we'd had Ebony Bridges pull out with a ruptured shoulder. Jamie Cox got cut. And Dion Juma had to go for surgery, eye surgery. So, and I was like, this is a wind-up. And I went to bed that night thinking, listen, you've had three kicks in the nuts today. Tomorrow's going to be a cracker. And I woke up to that text message, called him, and he said, listen, Povetkin's really not well. He's had a temperature the last two days. He's going to hospital. I think his breathing's not 100%. So we'll let you know. But I have to be honest, I think he has COVID, you know, and they're very concerned. So I'm like, okay, well, let me know later. Two hours later, he called me back and said, you know, he's in hospital. He's got 25% of his lungs uh, aren't working as efficiently. And, you know, then they tested him and he had COVID. So I just started laughing, to be honest with you. I just thought, this is just how it's going to be for the next five or six months. And if you don't laugh, you cry, you know. But unfortunately, boxing's littered with disappointments. But now it's going to get even worse. So just hang on to your hats, you know, keep at it, keep focused. And, uh, you know, now we move on to a Saturday night fight night on November 21st. And we have three really good ones on the spin. We'll come on to that in a second. I, I did ask you a couple of weeks ago if you had a contingency plan for one of the main events if it pulled out. And you kind of said, no, there isn't. If, if it Yeah, I mean, the problem is, is there's very few, you know, when you're talking about pay-per-view fights... You know, if if Del Boy pulled out of the Usyk fight, there's no, uh, you know, there's no immediate pay-per-view replacement. If Usyk pulled out of the Chisora fight, there's no immediate pay-per-view. Could we have done Chisora White on pay-per-view? Yeah, probably. I mean, I would have got stick, but we're used to that. But, like, then, you know, Michael Hunter said, I'll fight for free. It's like, it's not, you know, that's not a pay... We, that, we wouldn't get that fight approved on pay-per-view. And I don't think it's you know, a massive fight anyway. So, I don't know. Um, I think the only one that you could potentially look at a contingency plan for is Anthony Joshua, to be honest with you, because, you know, him, like Tyson Fury, is the standalone pay-per-view fighters. So who's the contingency plan for Joshua? You. No, you know, to be honest with you, it hasn't really been discussed, to be honest with you. I mean... You know, as we gear closer, I may I may look to have someone standing by. But, you know, unfortunately, you're in a case at the moment where things can get taken away from you very late, maybe even two days before the fight. So, you know, it's something I thought about and something I might look at moving forward. You're, you've put your hand over your microphone. Is it Takam? No. Oh. Has he already beat Takam? Oh, I'm just saying. What, Takam the rematch? I'm just saying. That'll go, go damn well. He was the one for Pulev before. I'm just saying. You might have mm. drafted him in again. Edward, 21st of November. List me the fights that will definitely feature on this card. Conor Ben against Sebastian Formella. Great fight. It's going to be our new main event on Saturday night, fight night. Um, Fabio Wardley against Lucas Brown. Savage against Tom Little. Was going to be Billum Smith against um, Dion Juma. Juma is out of that fight, so we're looking for a replacement uh, for, Di for Dion Juma. And quite possibly the Rhino, Dave Allen. 
So we'll look to have three heavyweight fights on that card and hopefully a British uh, cruiserweight championship and headline with Conor Ben. So I'm, you know, listen, I would have loved White Povetkin to take place on the 21st, but I'm, I'm pleased that we can lock in another Saturday night fight night. And a big thank you to Sky for supporting us on that. Um, and, you know, we run with Katie Taylor in the World Championship triple header, Conor Ben in the heavyweights, and then Billy Joe Saunders against Martin Murray um, before we go into AJ. So, you know, I think um, hopefully it'll get me a few brownie points. From who? The fans. Oh, the fans. My friends. You're all about the fans. To be honest with you, I'm not all about the fans, but I'm 99.9% about it. No, you know, fuck it. I'm all about the fans. It's good to hear. You should be as well. So, you have got a show on this week. Devin Haney against uh, Eurokis Gamboa. So, yeah, talk to me about the cards, Sam. Well, I think, what a division. What a division. I mean, I call it, you know, I think Teofimo Lopez said the four kings. You know, Teofimo, Javonta Davis, Devin Haney, and the winner of Ryan Garcia against Luke Campbell. What a division. So, Gamboa's a tough test. I see a lot of people saying, oh, you know, what sort of test is that? It's like the guy just went 12 into the 12th round with Javonta Davis. He ruptured his Achilles in the second round. Gave him a great fight. Show me anyone on Devin's resume that's anywhere near the ability of Eurokis Gamboa. So I think this is a big fight and there's a lot of pressure on Devin to make a statement, but I believe he'll do it. So live on the zone this Saturday, it'll be beta tested uh, in the UK. So you won't be able to actually see it. I think they'll post it on their, their socials um, shortly after, but, Massive opportunity for Devin to make a big statement on Saturday night. And I think he should fight the winner of Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell. You know, they're both on the same platform. There's no reason why that fight shouldn't be made. Don't forget the Ryan Garcia-Luke Campbell fight is for the mandatory position to challenge Devin Haney. So I think this is a tough fight for Devin. And I think he's under pressure to make a big statement. And I think he will. Philip Hergovic on the card against Americans Rydell Booker, Zile Zhang. Um, against Dervin Vargas, two big heavyweight fights on the card. And then the young guns are back as well. Reshat Matty, um, Arthur Biasanglov, uh, Raymond Ford as well on that card. So, you know, a lot of action. And they're going to be interesting to see Devin because, like I said, a lot of, I say pressure. I think there is pressure. You know, you've seen great performances from Tiafimo and Tank, and now it's Devin's turn. Devin's turn to show the world how good he is. Who does your part when you're here then? Because you haven't been able to shout out there. So um, I've been doing bits and pieces last night. I did a big media call with Devin and the guys. Um, Todd Grisham has been doing the press conference stuff as well. And he'll host like a Q&A on that as well. And um, been doing a good job. It's frustrating not being able to be out there. But unfortunately, with a quarantine, I just can't travel there, quarantine, come back, quarantine. I'd be at like one show every four weeks. So... Looking forward to the moment where I can head back there, old boy. Mm, aren't we all? Um, Edward, Michael Hunter, right? Mm. Always see Michael Hunter basically just kind of putting out pleas on social media for these fights, saying he'll fight this person, that person for free, etc. What actually is the crack? I mean, I know you don't represent Michael Hunter anymore, but why not? So his contract expired with us. Um we, I think we talked briefly about a new deal. Didn't get anything done. He came out and said, I'm a free agent, blah, 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 blah. And no one's picked him up. Um, very good fighter. Really nice guy. Um, I feel like it, you're always fighting, not a losing battle, but you're always fight, fighting an uphill battle because whoever had him in the early days done a terrible job. You know, this is a talented... Cruiserweight, really, but gone to heavyweight. You know, good-looking guy, good individual, speaks well. Like I said, great fighter as well. So when we started working with him, which was uh, after the Martin Bacoli victory, you know, and we gave him fights uh, at Madison Square Garden. Uh, he beat Kuzmin. We gave him a fight in Saudi Arabia when he drew with Alexander Povetkin. We gave him a fight uh, in Monte Carlo as well. You know, so when he beat Ustinov, so we, we boxed him everywhere. I mean, you know, we paid him a lot of money as well. And um, I think when people say, why aren't you 
you know, why didn't you extend his contract or, or make him a, a new offer? I just think that we've got a lot of heavyweights and his profile is probably not as big as it should be. And not a lot of people want to fight Michael Hunter. I think he has a difficult style. Um, and it was always difficult to get in fights. You know, Povetkin took that fight. It was a close fight. Hunter could have got that win, but didn't. Um, you know, I've seen his stuff about fighting Tyson Fury for free. Listen, we were that close to giving Michael Hunter the AJ fight when we went with Andy Ruiz. You know, they were like, it was like either one will do. And we went with Andy Ruiz. So, I've, like I said, I've seen the, the sort of free stuff. And I, I don't really like that because I don't think any fighter should fight for free, to be honest with you. And I don't think he would anyway. But anyway, you know, it's like call my bluff type thing. Um, but he's, he has got a difficult style. He moves a hell of a lot. He's fast. You know, he's, he's sort of uh, has to evade the bigger man. But sometimes he trades well. To be honest with you, I would like to make the Martin Bacoli, Michael Hunter rematch I saw that circulating around today it was a great fight and you know I'd definitely be interested in offering, offering Michael Hunter fights in the future I'm you know I like the guy yeah. I think sometimes there's like this thing like if we don't offer someone a fight that isn't under contract with us it's almost like we get abused do you know what I mean like what give him a fight it's like he's, he's you know, we don't have to give him a fight. Do you know what I mean? And I get it all the time. You know, he'll post it at me and, Hearn, you're a disgrace. Why aren't you fighting him? It's like, because he's not under contract with us anymore. We didn't agree a new deal. And I've got a million other fighters that we do work with to get out. Do you know what I mean? So. It, it is uh, weird, though, how no one's kind of picked him up because, he, like you said, he is a very good because fighter. He became, he? Because he became expensive. You know, it's bad timing, really, because he became expensive in a market that, you know, we all know that purses have been dropping, obviously. So the money that I was paying him probably isn't there anymore. So, but he will, you know, he has big balls. He'll fight, he'll fight people, he'll take chances, and I'm sure he'll get a fight, you know? But to be honest with you, Coogan, I don't think people are looking to take fighters on at the moment, Really? You know, you'd never you turn do down... Do any heavyweight. You've got so many heavyweights there. There's so many but, fighters. But, but so many there. fighters to get out. This is the problem. When you sign a fighter, you have to acknowledge the obligations that come with it and the promises that you... I don't bullshit people, right? If I tell you you're going to fight three times a year, you're going to fight three times a year. If I have a contract with you, you're going to get paid X, you get paid X. And I don't want to take someone on that I can't fulfill my promises with. And it's nothing to do with Michael Hunter... You know, this is a time where, as a fighter, it's very difficult to secure security, if you like. You know, and 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 sort of, you know, that that guarantee of constant fights and <coughs> the game has changed. But Michael Hunter will get a deal. He'll get fights. He's a very good fighter, and I'm sure I will be, you know, part of many people that will be making him an offer to fight somebody. Could do but that, don't, but, but, don't, but don't devalue yourself and tell you you'll fight for the world heavyweight title for nothing. You know, I mean, if I'm Tyson Fury and I'm looking for an opponent, which he obviously is, and Michael Hunter will fight you for free, I'd probably call his bluff. Yeah, but I mean, like you said, that I, I don't really take any notice of that, and, the, and I don't think a lot of people do. It. I know he's saying it might be a case of him trying to call, like you said, to call people's bluff, but he ain't going to fight for free. You know he ain't. So. Or is he? I don't know. You ask him. You brought it up. Um, who who will Dave Allen fight then if he fights on the twenty? An eight or a ten rounder, to be honest with you. I mean, look, Dave, you know, sat down with him last week. Can't you get Lovejoy back in? Love to. Love to. I think I saw Lovejoy post something last night to say his contract's now, oh, I don't know, whatever. Getting back over. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Dave really wants to fight Fabio Wardley for the British title. That's what he wants to do. But obviously, Dubois has got to vacate that at some point. So I'll probably get Dave out in an 8 or a 10 on November 21st and then, um, you know, look to, look to put him in if Fabio can beat Lucas Brown. 
I th- I'd like to make Fabio Wardley against Dave Allen. Is Brown Wardley done and dusted? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Huey Fury. What's mm-hmm. the crack? So Huey Fury is very likely to fight Marius Vac. He was actually due to fight him on the Dillian White card, but obviously we're having to rejig that a little bit. Yeah. Could land on the Anthony Joshua card on December 12th. So you have announced now Lawrence O'Coley's fight with Glowacki. Correct. Uh, that's only the second fight, obviously, alongside AJ, that you've confirmed for that card. Yeah, Who we have potentially <laughs> Huey Fury against Vac. We have John Ryder as well. John the Ryder's... Mew? John... Sorry? The Mew? No. No, John Ryder looks like the WBA and now going to order um, Ryder against Chudinov. It's just a case of whether that fight can land on December 12th. But Ryder will box this year regardless. So if Chudinov's not ready, he'll box and then fight Chudinov next. Are you having eight fights on all these pay-per-view cards? Uh, well, there's only one pay-per-view card left this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there will be seven fights on that card. Maybe eight, actually. Um, so when we spoke about Wilder at the Chisora fight mm. just since then just loads of stuff's come out I'm just I mean I've read a lot of stuff I've not actually heard can't you get the scoop can't you get the interview mate you're proper losing it seriously you're supposed to be the biggest outlet news outlet in boxing right and you know something you're on his list what you know it as well what list you're on his band list am I yeah he ain't gonna give you an interview anymore okay because you know what I think and I was gonna text you this the other day and I shouldn't really say it on camera but fuck it I think you spiked his water You're an idiot. You can't pull that face. That's the face you pull behind the camera normally when I say something like, did you do it? Be honest. I don't think, I don't think that he's going to let you interview him anymore. Which is probably a good thing because I don't think he's going to fight anymore. Well, look, like I say, if people don't want to do interviews with us, what can I say? Eddie, if you turn around one day and went, Coog, let's call it a day, mate. You know, mate, as if, if I phoned you up and went, mate, it's been a great run, but I'm going to, I'm not going to do interviews with you anymore. And you went, all right, mate. Yeah. Yeah. You pest the life out of me, mate. I am one of the few that are consistently doing hundred K, 150 K on interviews. True. That's true. So <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to my original Point. Deontay Wilder completely lost his head. Don't know what he's doing. All very strange. Got found out about his comments about Anthony Joshua. Says that Tyson Fury and his team are cheats. Basically says the Nevada Commission are cheats. So none of my business. Over to you guys. Sort it out amongst yourselves. In the meantime, I believe there's litigation and paperwork going backwards and forwards regarding the rematch. So it's a mess. Total mess. What do you say about you? You love the camera. I just want to be famous. Bit late for that, Deontay, my old son. Bit late for that. <laughs> oh, um. But he said he's, one of his comments were, he's passed like yourself and AJ, basically. Was that what he meant? Well, because he's a complete... What he done was, he didn't think before he spoke. So all he was concerned about is Tyson Fury. And then in one tweet, he just exposed himself and his team completely. You know, I mean, it was, they'd done a good job in making people think that Anthony Joshua and myself didn't want that fight. You saw in the Tyson Fury fight why we wanted that fight. So, and when he came out and said, no, I decided to fight you. I had an offer for much more money to fight Anthony Joshua, but I turned it down to fight you. Uh, you said we didn't want to fight you. Get your story straight. So, yeah, he exposed himself there. I don't know what he's doing, mate. It's a complete car crash, to be honest with you. Complete car crash. He, but after that, he did. He wrote, or wrote, 
it was quoted him saying, we could have fought Joshua, but they ran. We could have fought him, but the zone contract wasn't right. He said they have no plans to fight me anyway. I'm past them. That absolute, absolute codswallops. He turned down, well, one, he turned down a load of money from me. Two, he turned down an absolute colossal deal with the zone. Colossal. Ask Lou Dabella, right? Because Lou Dabella knew all about the deal. Um, and he and he will tell you he should have taken that deal. It was one of the, the biggest mistakes that I've seen in boxing, him not accepting that deal with the zone. Um, but it is what it is. He, you know, he is right. So he says, I'm past Joshua. Mate, you're about 75 yards that way at the moment. And you're not even, I can't actually see you. Hold on. Deontay! Boys, can you just move the queue back a little bit? I just want to see if Deontay's down there. Deontay! Is that him? No, not sure. That's how far back he is. Do you know what I mean? So, it's not, I mean, I'm, we're not thinking about Deontay Wilder next, the one after, the one after that, the one after that. The, I mean, that's how far back he is. And actually, with his comments, who would want to even give him a fight anyway? You think Tyson Fury would want to give Deontay Wilder a fight now? After he's just called him a cheat and accused him of whatever he's done. You know, I think he brought up his, you know, former charges and, you know, uh, talk about the gloves, the waters, like all these, you know, Tyson won't want to give him the time of day. The, the, some of the comments as well about they better make funeral arrangements and all that. I mean, <sighs> We've heard them from him a million times before, haven't we? But I, one thing I don't agree with him saying about you wanting to be famous, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I'll be honest with you. right? Pete, I've got this perception that people think, oh, Eddie, um, he wants the limelight, he wants to get his name out there, you know, all that kind of stuff. To be honest with you, I just, I just, I don't see that in me. You know, I just, I just think to myself, you know, I'm a quiet guy. I don't want to, you know, I, I do what I do. I don't want to, it's not like I'm out there at special appearances or sponsorship deals or you see me out there writing books, you know, um, yeah, so I don't know. listen, you can't win them all, Ed. You can't win them all. Listen, uh, promoter in in loudmouth rant uh, everywhere on TV, talking himself and the fights up and the fighters up. Oh, what a shock! I'm a loudmouth promoter, that's what I do. But every now and again, someone comes along who just tries to just fuck with you. And what he tried to do and his team tried to do was fuck with AJ. They'd done an amazing job to get famous off the back of Anthony Joshua in the short term, right? And I have to give them credit because they were, you know, like I said, they were earning peanuts and then all of a sudden they got, you know, they got they forced people to pay him more money than he was worth. He got a big fight with Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury spanked his backside in the first fight, should have won that fight. And in the second fight, my goodness, you know, with his floppy glove, <laughs> and and he's and and the spiked water. Whoa, Tyson done the right job on him there. I mean, whew. but just finally on that, it is a great fight though, isn't it? Which one? AJ Wilder. It's still a great fight, isn't it? Listen, forget I, all the politics. I don't, I don't have. I don't have to. Anti Joshua fights who he wants to fight. Him and Rob McCracken want to fight, and I, it's my job to maximise the revenue for those fights and help you know make sure that we're. Um, protected in a sense of people don't take liberties with us, people don't get in the way of, of progression of his career, you know, and, I've, and we've done that time and time again. Would AJ fight Deontay Wilder? Yes, AJ fight anyone. You know, he watched Alexander Usyk last weekend. He wants to fight Alexander Usyk. He wants to fight Deontay. He wants to fight everybody. And by the way, he will. But what I'm saying is, when when Deontay Wilder comes out and says, "Well, I'm over AJ," you know, I mean, don't make me laugh. You know, you tried to make AJ look bad. You tried to disrespect his name and accuse, make accusations against him as well. Where all along, AJ wanted time and time again to fight Deontay Wilder. So business is business. But all I'm saying is, even if we were, were big fans of Deontay Wilder, he's still, he's still not on our short-term rate. You know, 
two years you're probably talking about till we even start thinking about a fighter like Deontay Wilder. And a lot can happen in two years. So, you know, for, for Team AJ, all the focus is on is on Kubrat Pulev and then hopefully two fights with Tyson Fury next year. And all my focus is is providing the best service to Anthony Joshua to help keep progressing his career. Don't let anyone derail us. Don't let anyone mess with him. And just make sure that I can provide him with the opportunity to create a legacy and be the fighter that he wants to be and ultimately become the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. That's my job. AJ's job is to get in there and deal with these people and to beat them and go through them. And that's what he will do. Okay, Edward. What's the WBO... What I will say is, Martin, the last thing. Wilder's team have made mistake after mistake after mistake. And if they have let this contract expire, and if they are legally incorrect, then they should be held accountable. Because that's a bit like me not getting Andy Ruiz back in the ring against Tyson Fury. And by the way, if I, were, if I wasn't so... Anthony Joshua. If I wasn't so relentless... That wouldn't have happened because I would not let that lie. You know, time and time again, they were trying to get out of that fight. I would not let them do it. And we delivered it and AJ got back what was his. I wouldn't let AJ down. If those people have let Deontay Wilder down and let this contract legally expire, then they should be accountable. What's the situation with this WBO, with uh, mandatories, etc.? Uh, Alexander Usyk is mandatory to the winner of Pulev against AJ. You know, that's not going to change. That's the situation it is. If we get a deal done with Tyson Fury, we could apply to the WBO to see if they'll sanction the undisputed. They probably won't. Then we have to speak to Aegis and Alex and, and Usyk and say, will you let this fight take place? There might be a deal for you. There might be a step aside. The belt will become vacant straight after. He may say no. You know, he may say no. The WBO may say no. And we may have to drop a belt. We don't want to do that. The 100% aim is for AJ to fight for the Undisputed World Heavyweight Championship, even if it's just that first fight. So... So if you've got a vacate, it'd be, it might be Usyk and Dubois. Could be, or whoever's number two at the time. Joseph Parker. Mm. They don't look like they're really up for letting you have that fight, are they? Who? Team Usyk. No, because you, you, you shouldn't. I mean, you shouldn't if you're negotiating, and you shouldn't anyway. You know, I'm not a believer, really, in stepping aside, but sometimes the path is right, the deal is right. I mean, look at, um, I know obviously it's a much smaller level, but Jack Cattrall. You know, Jack Cattrall had the right to fight Jose Ramirez for the WBO world title. He stepped aside. Now, you might, he might have said a month ago, there is no way I'm stepping aside. All of a sudden, he was shown a path. He was shown, you know, a, a, a route financially that made sense for him and meant that he got a shot in the new year, and he accepted that. So sometimes things make sense. Sometimes people don't want to know. But again, it's right now, until those two fights are taken care of in December, it doesn't really matter. We'll deal with that when the time comes. Listen, maybe, uh, maybe... Deontay Wilder sues Tyson Fury, you know, for a breach of contract and they're held up in court. And then maybe AJ fights Usyk. Who knows? You Frank never know Warren, in this game. Frank Warren said the other day you should put um, Hergovic in with Gillian White. Yeah, I saw that comment. He's like... I love this. Why should Tyson Fury fight Dillian White? He just got beat. Yeah, he got beat for the interim title. But I'll put this question. Why should Tyson Fury fight Ajit Kabaya? I mean, what fight would 100% of the worldwide fight fans rather see? Fury against Dillian White or Fury against Kabaya? So, you know, the whole this whole conversation started because... Frank Warren put a poster out with Matram against Queensbury. So this isn't about us fighting, you know, Matram fighters fighting Matram fighters. He came out and said, look, we want to we try and work with Matram. So let's do Dubois against White. I said, well, White's fine, Povetkin. Let's do Dubois against Hergovic. 
No, 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 we ain't doing that. What about Hergovic v. White? No, well, that's not Matchroom v. Queensbury, is it? No, that's, I thought this was the whole concept of what you're doing. So if you want to do Matchroom against Queensbury, do you want to do Tyson Fury against Dillian White now? I mean, would you like to see that fight? Yes. Would you like to see that fight a hundred times more than Ajit Kabayel? Yes. Okay. Well, well then, I'd probably see White and Fury. But then, uh, but then why, why not? You know, why not? Because it's too dangerous a fight for Tyson Fury at the moment. And that's, that's fine. But it's not like, oh, you know, Dillian White got Polak. So, like, Dillian White's levels above Ajit Kabayel. He's a really nice guy, by the way. And, you know, but you can't... <laughs> That fight is the only fight that, that Dillian really would accept to derail the Povetkin fight. So I don't expect them to get in touch, but what I'm saying is he would take that fight on December 5th. So I don't see why there shouldn't be a little bit of pressure on them to, to at least talk about the Dillian White fight. You know, but it's not like, well, well, why don't you put Hergovic in with White? That's not the whole, you know, you came on about Matram v Queensbury. I ain't bothered about that, but if you want to do it, there's a fight. Hergovic against Dubois or White against Fury. You know. Do you know when you creep into January, mm -hmm. you was originally going to look about doing Kelly and Avenesian on that mm -hmm. bill. Will that still go on a Dillian White bill? It looks like Kelly Avenesian will be chief support to White Bebekin, which okay. would be fantastic. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice. Will you enter another like residency situation in the new year? Or is it too early to tell? I mean, look, how long is this going to go on for? You know, we, in March, this first kicked in, you know, with no crowds. And everyone said, oh, July, don't worry, we'll be back, summer, you know. Then it was like, doesn't look like that's going to happen in July. Don't worry, August, September. Then it was like December. Now it's January, February. I'm, I, you know, listen, maybe we don't get crowds back till next summer or, or even, you know, or just when a vaccine comes in. So, yeah, we, we will look at residencies. I'm, I'm now in a position where I'm building my January and February shows now for next year because we've got so many fighters to get out still, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's not easy, but I'm just plowing on on the basis that we have no crowds for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Is Chisora in your plans for the early part of next year? Yeah, for sure. You know, I'd love to work with, with Del Boy and Dave. Um, still some really big fights out there for him. Personally, I would like to see Del Boy headline a Saturday night fight night in, in a good heavyweight fight. And then, if successful, move into another major fight in the division. I think he's, you know, he had a good fight with um, Alexander Usyk. Yeah, definitely. Hearn, what about Buatzi? Do we get to see him in action again this year? No, I mean, he had a, probably a little bit of a tougher fight than anticipated. A little bit of damage around the eye, but he's good. He's been on holiday. Um, he will be back end of January, early February as well. And, you know, looking to move him forward into world title contention. Um, I think the fight that he had was was great for him. You know, first real hard learning fight and I think he'll come back and be in a great position in 2021 to challenge for the titles who else could feature on your December 4th card Edward uh, we've got Billy Joe Saunders we are looking to make a world title eliminator for James Tennyson uh, for the WBA lightweight title which we'll announce soon Shannon Courtney will return on there the debut of Johnny Fisher um, we're looking to try and make Chris Congo against Liam Taylor final eliminator for the 140 pound British title uh, Zach Parker could fight on that card as well. So it's, it's pretty, I mean, all the cards now are just, just stacked till the end of the year because we've got fighters obviously to get out. Mm. I saw um, something from Callum Johnson earlier voicing his frustrations. What is the deal with Callum Johnson at the moment? Nothing. I mean, look, it's, it's all been very well documented about, you know, Joe Gallagher and his thoughts. We made him an offer. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't like to get e let ego get in the way, but sometimes people say things that are a little bit personal to me. And do you know what? It's so difficult at the moment. I don't really want to be involved with that or work with people that I don't want to work with. So, you know, listen, I've got lots of options for Callum Smith, but at the moment, uh, sorry, Callum Johnson. Um, but at the moment, <coughs> um, 
you know, I think it's uh, best left to the side. Okay. That's interesting. Well, but, you know, like I said, you, you have to stand by your principles sometimes. And, um, you know, I, saw, I actually saw um, Frank Warren's interview about it. You know, uh, I made it quite clear that, um, and it's not rocket science, we're losing around 40% of our revenue because of no gates. Frank said, I don't think it's quite as much as 40%. Well, it is for us because we sell a lot of tickets. Um, but he was, you know, he actually sounded a little bit sympathetic to the situation because he knows the boat we're in. And like, like he said, you know, if you don't, again, it's like we don't have a contractual obligation to get Callum Johnson out. I've got loads of fights for Callum Johnson, but right now, you know, I, I don't want to deal with Joe Gallagher. How does that situation resolve itself then, Edward? Because you've worked with Joe Gallagher for years. Yeah, loads of fights have come through. Maybe time, but you know how hard it is at the moment. Right now, I want to get people out who you know, I can get on with, who we're all working together to try and deliver for fighters, get them out. And, and they don't, you know, I keep saying to people, you don't have to, I'm sure there's a million fighters that haven't been happy with an offer in the past. It's nothing new and that's okay. I'm not going to fall out about it. But right now, it's very difficult to get anybody out. So I'm doing the best that I can for the people that want to work with me and the people that want to try and progress their career at this stage. You know, we've got a women's world championship triple header next Saturday. Fantastic. Connor Ben in a great fight. We've managed to get Billy Joe Saunders out. And shortly we'll be getting Josh Warrington out, Callum Smith out, you know, but unfortunately if, if, if you're not happy, it's not a case of if you're not happy with the offer, fuck off. But ultimately, if we can't agree a deal, we're on to the next fighter to try and deliver for them. Mm. So, you know, listen, I'm sure maybe one day in the future, me and Joe will all, you know, we'll kiss and make up. But right now, it's a non-starter. Okay. Um, I was actually asked to ask you about this. Um, where do you see the immediate future of the amateur scene? And what should be done about that? Because, like, Mm. None of them can. So, do so it. I had, um, Gareth Davis uh, was speaking to him actually about this new um, campaign called is it Save Our Sport, which is basically about you know opening up the grassroots clubs during lockdown and this time because you know at the moment you know, all kids football clubs, all kids amateur boxing clubs, you know they're all shut, right? And I feel that. Sport so important and integral to the development of young individuals. You know, not just for their mental and physical well-being, but what it, what sport teaches you. I mean, sport, particularly boxing, teaches you discipline. It teaches you respect. It teaches you manners. You know, it teaches you how to lose, how to win. You know, how to respect your opponent, how to give people credit. I mean, you know, it's so important. And I feel like we're in a society at the moment where. If we don't let our kids, right now, as a parent, and you'll find this in a few years to come, because, you know, it's not long for you to go now. Um, we're already battling with trying to get our kids involved in sport and active and off their phones, right? And people are creatures of habit. If you take sport away from the new gen next generation, they'll quickly switch off. You know, if they're out for six months or a year, they won't go back. Right. And, and, you know, the government talk about the importance of physical and mental well-being, particularly physical well-being to survive things like the coronavirus. I mean, if you're overweight, if you're obese, you know, if you're not fit and healthy, you're at much greater risks from diseases like this. So we have to promote well-being. We have to pr promote health and fitness. But we have to let the kids in the in their communities play sport and be active. And we need to open the clubs and let young kids play football. You know, you let young kids go out, get physical activity, let the, the amateur boxing clubs open. But it is difficult at the same time because all of those things are very difficult to do without respecting the rules of COVID. So, you know, right now, the amateur boxing system, which has for years and years struggled to survive, is probably in its, at its greatest risk because we all know that amateur boxing clubs don't receive 
any particular funding from the local council or at government level, and they should, but boxing perhaps doesn't have the profile and people don't know enough about what boxing does for, for the community and what it does for young people to receive that funding. I believe if, if, if you know, councillors or politicians went in and actually looked at these boxing clubs and looked at the job they do and, and how you know, they can bring a community get together and how they can shape and change lives, I believe they would receive greater funding. So right now they're in a very difficult stage of trying to survive without fees coming in, you know, without activity, without fights going on between clubs. I guess the ABA championship and things like that will be effective. So, you know, I am, I'm thinking about it and I'm looking at ways in which we might be able to help, you know, is that help from Matrim? Is that help pitching at government level for support for boxing clubs? Because it seems like the government are handing out money for everything else. I mean, they've just extended furlough till March. You know, I mean, why not support grassroots clubs? You know, and, and if we can help in that way, I'd love to get behind it. Because we must, it's very important, you know, for any sport to survive, the grassroots is so important. And we must make sure that that amateur system and the participation levels of our sport continue to thrive, not just so that future stars can be found, but boxing can continue to shape lives of young people that may, you know, that may be lost, right? You've only got to speak to fighters now, professional fighters, whether it's Anthony Joshua, Dillian White, Richard Rapport, Tyson Fury, whoever it can be, and ask them what boxing's done for their life. So, you know, we need to find a way. And, and listen, small hall shows, you know, they're, they're in a similar position. That's not grassroots. But how does small hall shows, how does that, almost like that beating heart of the British fight scene, how does that survive this? You know, you've already got fighters that haven't boxed for a year, a year and a half. And it's impossible for small hall shows to survive with no crowds and the cost of COVID testing, creating a bubble, you know, and, and the current situation. You're going to see a lot of fighters retiring or leaving the sport. You're going to see a lot of young fighters you know, who have a, a, a potential, um, you know, fruitful professional career, leave the sport. You're going to see young kids who might have got into the sport and now it's not available to them. So, yeah, I'm thinking. Just get yourself involved, Edward. You have the power. Yeah. Okay. Edward, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, mate. It's always great to talk to you. Always, mate. Um, have you got a book out? I don't, you know, again, um, yeah, I have actually. So my book is out. Um, it's called Relentless, 12 Rounds to Success. Little, you know, it talks about my early life growing up, a lot of boxing stories in there as well, and also the lessons that I've learned in life and business. Great time to read this book. Obviously, in lockdown right now, it's available on Amazon, WH Smith, and also in Audible, narrated by myself. Where you go? Um, Have you read it yet? No. Have you read it yet? I haven't read it yet, no. Do you know why I haven't read it? Because I haven't signed it. Look at that. You yes, signed I told you. I told you I'd sign one for you. That fucking handsome. Handsome. <laughs> Are you in uh, the bubble next week? Yes. Good man. Katie Taylor. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Ball. Yep. Terry Harper. Triple. Rachel Ball. It's a shame that um, Ebony Bridges won't be joining us. Are you going to get her back down? Yeah, for sure. I chatted her the other day. She's a character. She's very, very funny. But Rachel Ball, and listen, Ebony can fight, but she's got what many would say is a tougher fight because she's fighting a, a current world champion Yeah. Um, in Horgolina Guani. And it was actually a very good fighter, very good fighter. So it's a very tough, <coughs> Rachel Ball, but a great card. And, um, you know, again, that's another topical conversation, which is women's pay, you know, in boxing. Seen a few tweets about that recently. And Ramler Ali um, put a great tweet out today that says, you know, we can't expect equal pay if, you know, almost, you know, the commercial value of, 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 the, of the fight is not the same. 
So please all support this show on November 14th. Tune in. Sky are going to get really get behind it. It's, it's history making. It's a women's world championship triple header. You know, with three male fights underneath. And no one's doing more for women's boxing than Matram. And, you know, we just have to keep pushing, pushing. But ultimately, you know, we have to change world championship fights from perhaps the, you know, the commercial equivalent of a British or a European men's fight and try and give it the same kind of commercial value and credibility as a, a male fight. And then we can start really moving forward. Um, but the trailblazer, Katie Taylor, is back. What's the men's fights on that? So you've got Cash Farouk uh, yeah. will be out, obviously, after the disappointment. He'll be changing for the WBA international title. You have um, Thomas Whitaker-Hart, Tony Bellew's light heavyweight yeah. in a really good fight. He's fighting an undefe undefeated opponent. And then you have John Dock against Jack Cullen, which is a, just a fantastic uh, super middleweight fight, British title eliminator. So really good card. Looking forward to it. Six fights, November the 4th. Six fights, three world championships. Let's go, champ. All right, Eddie Hearn, thank you very much. We'll see you next week in the bubble. You will. Cheers, everybody. Um, you know, as we move into lockdown part two. What, mate? Sorry, where have you gone? Yeah. Hold up, where? Can you still see me? Yes. Hello, son. <laughs> um, sorry, I thought I'd gone. As we... Uh, Go back into lockdown part two. Good luck. Uh, keep smiling. Keep talking to people. And remember, we've done this before. And we will do it again. You learn your lessons from the first one. Stay active. Uh, keep thinking. I do feel like, I mean, we're lucky, aren't we? Because elite sport is unaffected. So we do get the opportunity to go to events and, you know, stay active. But I just feel like, I don't know how you feel, but obviously, I know you haven't got any kids yet, but having kid, the kids at school is massive, massive, you know. And, you know, I think someone went out. I saw a little Nando's floating around in the office earlier today. Frank brought in some Starbucks earlier. So, seems like there's a little bit more activity than previously. But follow the rules, hang in there, and we will get through it. Thank you very much, Edward Hearn. Cheers, guys. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.